0: Welcome to the Take Six Podcast. What up? What is going on? Welcome, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Take Six Podcast. For all you Rappers fans, unfortunately, we are talking all things Toronto Blue Jays, <laughs> as you can probably tell by the title of this. It's going to be something Blue Jays related. I'm not sure what it is yet. But it's going to be something Blue Jays as of right now, the Blue Jays are sitting in a, a not great position. They are 29 games out of first place in the AL East, which is held by the New York Yankees. They have a current record of 47-70, and 70, which to be completely honest with you, I thought would be lower at this point in the season.
1: Like you, you think we'd be worse? Yeah,
0: yeah. I thought it would be worse right now. Um, probably closer to what the Baltimore Orioles are sitting at or the Kansas City Royals or, you know, I guess we're right where, where Seattle is. But I mean, kind of sitting think, around those guys. I
1: think it's padded because of yeah. that little wind streak going on.
0: Yeah, that's true. Anyways, as you guys have heard already, the guy who's sitting <laughs> right in front of me, he's not, uh, he's not on the other line this time. He's sitting right in front of me. And that's my main man, Callum Wise, the co-host of the Take Six Podcast. Callum... What is going on, buddy?
1: Man, it's been, a, it's been a hot minute.
0: It has been a hot minute. A lot has gone on in... Blue Jays. Uh, I was going to say the world of Toronto sports, but that is so that is wrong.
1: <laughs> that is so
0: wrong. Um, anyways, you guys know where to find us, take6.org, take6podcast, wherever you guys listen to us right now. We've got a couple interesting things to talk about, Callum. I think we both know where we're going to start here. Mm-hmm. I think we both know what we're going to talk about, and that's with Bo Bichette. So start, Bichette, off, start off with the bright start off with the bright so boba after you know a couple weeks ago he was saying a couple things that he wasn't necessarily the most happy with blue jays and their management and not really calling him up and he feels that he was ready and all this kind of stuff and i was a little bit skeptical with that you know i was thinking oh he's just a young kid he he just wants to be in the show that's it that's all i was thinking Fortunately for us, and fortunately for Blue Jays fans, he has shown exactly what the hell he is worth and what mm-hmm. he is doing, and that he is more than ready to be here. Callum, what are your first, you know, takeaways and kind of your first instincts on what this Boba Shed guy is?
1: I, I think that it shows a lot of great promise for our future. If this guy's already this good, and the two other pieces, obviously being Vladdy and uh, uh, Biggio, 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 Biggio. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Those three will be. I mean, they're already very good, but imagine them in four or five years. Like they'll be absolute studs. Unfortunately for us, that's that's four or five years away. Yeah, and that
0: that's baseball for you, Cal, yeah. Right? Yeah. There's no Zion Williamson. There's, there's no, no Austin Matthews. Kawhi Leonard in no one
1: po- year. Yeah. yeah. None of that is baseball. This is the long game sport. And we kind of expected that once management kind of blew up this team. But, I mean, it's looking like it's going to be longer and longer ever, like just because of the whole trade deadline. So, um,
0: so there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we kind of get into the future of the Jays. Yeah. And it's still obviously towards Bo Bichette. But the records that Bichette has been setting – with you know, x amount of straight games with a hit. I think it's at ten now. He's got ten straight games with a hit, and also today uh, we're recording this on August seventh, so they had an afternoon game. Today he hit his he hit a double, which makes it eight straight games with a double for a wow. rookie. Right. So in the ten in his ten game hitting streak, eight straight games he's got a double, and both of those are records for the Blue Jays. That's insane to me. Like, I think that's nuts. I, like I said before, like, he obviously thought he was ready. I was very skeptical because everybody thinks they're ready. I think I could hit a fucking 95 mile an hour (laughs) fastball and tell him in the MLB, right? I think I could do all this stuff. And, and you know what? This is very impressive. I think this is one of the more impressive showings of a Blue Jays rookie, you know, that I've ever seen. I, I mean, Obviously, we saw Rowdy Tellez last year do all these crazy things and kind of break all these records, and we saw a young Devin Travis when that guy was still hobbling around the league.
1: Guriel Guriel
0: Jr. He had some. He had a really good year, but I think this one is a little bit more impressive. Yeah. Than than those guys. Just what? Coming, what say you?
1: Come, yeah, coming right into the league, proving everyone, proving to everyone that he is ready. And like, look at Vladdy. Vladdy didn't do that when he came in. He's taken a while to to find his footing, and that's just like obviously we need to see more of him to say much about like what he's going to be as a player. But this is a great start. Like hit, hitting ten games in a row is is tough by itself. Not many people are, are doing that right now, and this guy does it in his first ten games in the MLB. That's that's quite a quite a feat.
0: So is Bo Bichette more exciting right now than Vlad jr.
1: Currently. I don't know. They're, they're really close right now. I mean, we were going to talk about this in a bit, but Vlad jr. is coming off as player of the week. And I mean, but Bichette's co- still going on this 10 game history. It's, it's really nice to see that these rookies are, they're kind uh, of, you, you think they're having their own little competition? Maybe like maybe Vlad was like, oh, all right, I'm not going to get shown up by this other rookie. And then they're both just, like, going off that. Maybe, like, that's what's going on. Like, And I love it. I, I think that's a good, good thing that um, these guys are trying to kind of compete with each other, maybe. And that's uh, just great for us. Like, it's showing we've won, what, seven of our past nine? Is that Some, what it is?
0: Something like that. Something. I mean, to be fair, it was the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but they did they did win the season, or not the season series, they did win the series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes. Which is a, a pretty and good baseball team. Kansas
1: City was a part of that. I yeah,
0: think. And, and they're not great. They're not great They're either. not great teams. Um,
1: but we aren't either. So they, yeah. that's, that's, that's a that's good thing. That's the thing,
0: right? So to me, like Bichette, everyone likes the new things in life, right? You get a new oh, yeah. TV, you get a new car, you get a new iPhone. You like those more than your iPhone Five. If you got an iPhone X, you like the 50-inch flat screen more than you like the the other thing. But sometimes those 50-inch flat screens are less reliable down in the long run. You know that that old Nokia phone is going to. And I'm speaking as if Vlad Jr. is an old Nokia phone. Vlad Jr. is is the iPhone X, and Boba Shed is the iPhone XS. Right? Like yeah. It's it's that close. But there's, what I'm talking about is don't really get it twisted because yeah Bichette has been hitting well but like you mentioned we're in this in this kind of winning streak or this the slide of winning where we've been playing bad teams and that's mm-hmm. where but that the only teams that Bichette has really been playing are the Orioles, the Royals and the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Tampa Bay Rays like I said are a good baseball team, but when you have your first game against the Orioles you're gonna get hot <laughs> when yeah. you have another when you have your first two series against the Orioles and the Royals. Chances are you're gonna get hot. And when in baseball, you get hot, generally you stay hot for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. If Bichette is playing against you know the Chris Art like if Chris Archer was pitching against him when when he was in Tampa, I don't know if he has this ten game hitting streak. Obviously, Chris, Chris Archer is not in Tampa. Yeah, I know.
1: Oh, okay. If, okay. Like, I know
0: what I'm saying. Like if he if Chris Archer were in Tampa and he had to face Chris Archer. That's a different story.
1: Did he face snow? I don't think so. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a whole other Regar- thing. Yeah, if, if and you're that's going a thing. It snow, a, then... It's
0: a whole other league. And so, for me, like, is he more exciting than than Vlad? I This is something that is interesting to me. So, Bobichet right now, in terms of hitting versus right-handers and left-handers, Bobichet against righties is hitting a solid 344. His on-base percentage is 382, and his OPS is 1164. Against left-handed pitchers, he is hitting 667, 700 OBP, and 1589 OPS. So he's a right-handed batter. I would be shocked. A lot of people don't hit better against left-handed pitchers because you don't see them as often, all this kind of stuff. I would be shocked if Bo Bichette at the end of this year is an above 300 hitter against left-handed pitchers. And that's a big drop from where he is right now. That'll be about 400 points. But I just think that he hasn't been playing against the top end left-handed talent that is in this league. And he hasn't been figured out by these left-handed pitchers who haven't really been pitching too far inside on him and who haven't been using their, their funny stuff to get in on his hands and all this kind of stuff, which is a lot easier for left-handed pitchers. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. So that is a bit shocking to me. Whereas Vlad Jr. right now against righties is 296, and lefties is 223. So those seem obviously a lot more realistic mm-hmm. than hitting like 500 or whatever Bichette's hitting right now. But you know, Bo Bichette has done everything right as as of as of right now. And and in terms of who has more upside, I think it's probably Vlad on the offensive end. But if you were to argue to me saying that Bachet might have more upside, I could see why, because he probably has a higher upside defensively. I would say his athleticism is probably better, which isn't necessarily the biggest thing in in baseball. And we've we've seen a little bit of power with all of these doubles that he's hit. What do you think, Cal? Like, who do you? Obviously, I think we're both going to say Vlad as the higher upside out of these two. But is it so far off to say that Bichette is right there with him?
1: I mean, from what we've seen, no. It's, it's really based on the facts. And the facts are that Bichette is doing just as well as Vladi currently, if not better. But like you said, once you're hot and you're going against these very trash teams.
0: These bum-ass teams, bottom-of-the-barrel <laughs> teams.
1: And you're going to get hot, and then you'll probably stay up for quite a while. But then you go up against like super pitching and you're not going to have the same results. Probably. Not so, probably, definitely. Definitely. So do, yeah. you, th-
0: do you think Bichette is going to get into a slump like Vlad did a little bit there? Do you think Bichette is going to get into a slump at some point and Jay's fans are going to be upset with him and say, hey, maybe send him back down to the minors? Or do you think that this beginning of to his career and this start has kind of... Push that back, and and that Jays fans will not say, "Hey, send him down," because of what we've seen in terms of his potential and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's gonna you're gonna have a slump once in a while. Every player has a slump if if you're not Mike Trout, and
0: <laughs> and even then, even then, man, he'll he'll go two hundred for for ten days. Yeah, and then you'll hit back that's up. A, yeah. yeah, that's a slump exactly. Um,
1: yeah, I think he'll definitely have a slump once. I think. Flaty was not as great coming into the league because there was so much hype around him. Pitchers knew who he was.
0: Exactly. There's so much hype around him. People were... He was the number one prospect in, of, in baseball for like two years. Mm-hmm. People were mad he hadn't come up yet. People were giving him his best. They're not doing that for Boba yet.
1: And now that they see that he's hitting super hot, maybe they'll notice that and then they'll start to do that. I think he has not seen the top, not, top notch of even the pitch, pitchers he played against. I think he hasn't seen what they're capable of. Yeah. I think that they just all thought that he was some pretty low-end player on the Blue Jays, even though he was the number one uh, prospect because Vladdy had come up already. But he was he had some hype around him, and now definitely there will be a lot of hype around him because of what he's already done. I think pitchers now will take it a lot more seriously and uh, do what they did to Vlad. And even as Vlad... Team has come up through the months they've started to notice what his weaknesses are already like pitch outside low uh all that kind of stuff and that just comes with time like you'll see even the insane hitters they they have their weaknesses and you'll they get figured out like that after a while so i think he will get a slump eventually probably in the near future um and then we'll have to see how he works out of that because if because if be, you, that'll be the important yeah, thing right if it's, you can get out of a slump yeah. is how you're do good in the mlb it's, it's
0: managing your ups and downs yeah. right and so being in that middle or i mean obviously being lower than the middle of your ups and downs because if you hit 300 you're the best player in the league at <laughs> <laughs> which you know that's 30 percent of balls hit um so but I, I totally agree with you like he's gonna get there at one point i i'm just worried that Especially in Toronto, I think as soon as he gets into a slump and is hitting, you know, 185 over a eight-game stretch, people are going to start to shit on him and kind of forget that, that this even happened, that this stretch was so good. Oh, yeah. Do you think that his success... Because obviously we know that, like, if... Let's, let's go into a vacuum and say that Vlad turns out to be uh, an MVP candidate, right? And he turns out to be one of the best players in the league and all this kind of stuff. Is his success kind of the key to this team being a serious contender? Or do you think if Bachet turns out to what he wants to be and what we think that he can potentially be, especially after this uh, stretch of games here to start his career, is that still not enough to push the needle to make this team a real title contender in you know four, five, six years, like you said at the beginning of the podcast?
1: I think once they've come into their own and we see if they're actually the insane players that they're meant to be that hopefully management will be changed up by then and uh, hopefully Rogers would have sold the blue jays by then so that they're not extremely chintzy with their money like they are right now like are i i want to know how much money we have on payroll right now it must be nothing
0: it it, it yeah it must it be, like, one be of lot. the lowest, if not it the lowest in the lot. league. Yeah, it would not be a lot. Because a lot of these guys are on their rookie contracts, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, rookie
1: contract, veteran contract, like, you're bum, not paying Bum-ass player contract. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like. You're not paying much. So, I think if they do start to show these, I mean, they are showing signs, but in a couple of years, if they are at that level, then hopefully this team will start to become that title contender again, and then purchasing players to surround them will be the key to winning
0: exactly i yeah no i agree because like there's there's not really any way that this team becomes a title contender without pitching Mm -hmm. and as we saw at the trade deadline which we're going to talk about in a minute is that they they have no pitching anymore (laughs) they have four guys that 98 percent of mlb fans have never heard of and 45% of Toronto Blue Jays fans have never heard of. And they're pitching these guys and expecting them to go out there and get wins, which they've been doing as of late, but it's not going to continue. I'll tell you right now. I would bet my house, and it's not my house to bet, but I would bet my house on the fact that the Jays will not win more than 500, you know, will not have a more better than 500 record for the rest of the season after the trade deadline. So you kind of mentioned it earlier here, Cal. Vladdy was a player of the week, and we kind of talked about him a little bit in this in this uh in this podcast and so 20 year old vlad jr which is crazy to say he's 20 years old was has gotten the player of the week for the second time in his young career which is insane mm-hmm. that's insane a guy at 20 years old so he played six games last week he hit 500 which was 13 of 26 he scored five runs, he had three doubles, three home runs, 11 RBIs, and two walks. How happy did that make you, Callum? What kind of crazy nonsense is that?
1: It's, it's a very bright light in a dark time for the Blue Jays. To see him like hit like everyone was hoping he would is, is great to see, especially, like you said, at this young stage in his career. Being the two-time we- Player of the Week already, is what, like four or five months into his career yeah. is very great. And I think it's just insane how well he hits the ball. Like I mean we saw it like the home run derby was just a little taste of it. And now he's doing it against pitchers who are throwing ninety five, ninety six mile an hour balls or insane curve balls and all this kind of stuff to vlad and he just, he's just he's smacking everything right now nothing's getting by him it's like he's hitting beach balls out there yeah and,
0: and i know I, I agree man it's 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 really fun to watch him hit as well and like when he's on like this because we know that he's been hitting well pretty much all year it just hasn't necessarily been going his way it's not like he's hitting bloop singles or you know bloop doubles or just fly balls all this kind of stuff he's hitting really hard balls that just happen to get caught or that yeah. just happen to people get made, make plays off them. So when you see a week like this and a week where he really dominates more than we've seen in, you know, a really long time especially from this team, it's really cool to watch and it's really cool to see a guy like that get rewarded. And a guy who obviously is having so much fun, you know, out there getting rewarded and I think that's probably a big part of it having all these young guys in the clubhouse and having all the young guys kind of celebrating and, and, and dancing around and playing and having a lot of fun is probably helping him with the pressure and with all these young guys getting brought up as well is probably helping these guys with the pressure because, you know, when you're not the only guy who is under 21, you're not the only guy who has high expectations, it's it's easier for you to kind of relax up at, at the plate. And, and obviously, like you said, he's been in, in the league for – four to five months or whatever it is and you know he's probably just more more patient up there he's more relaxed and as you're seeing in his swing like his his swing is still as aggressive as anything but he is more patient at the plate than i remember in in one of the podcasts that we talked about earlier in the in his career was that he was not really patient at the plate he was swinging at a lot of balls outside the strike zone and he's kind of going back to his days in double a triple a where he was a lot more patient not swinging at those balls and kind of just waiting for his own and I could, you know, obviously his 500 isn't going to continue and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to hit three home runs a week, but, uh, you know, something along these lines is kind of, is a good sign. And, you know, it's looking very David Ortiz esque in terms of what he's being able to produce at the, at the big league level. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then so the trade deadline, Callum, I don't know how much you want to get into this. Um, I did my little solo podcast Last week when it happened about the Stroman trade and that upset me enough, I wrote an article about <laughs> the grades of the team. And I think I gave the Jays management a D plus. Do you are you kind of in the same boat as me?
1: I I don't even give them a D plus, man. That's a <laughs> that's a straight up fail.
0: So the, the the only reason I gave him a D plus was because the the moves like getting rid of Sogard and getting rid of uh, some of the other guys that you know that weren't the big name the big name moves to kind of just get younger. And, and to get some yeah. guys who you know kinda, i guess yeah right. i guess
1: for that but just i think the big just,
0: the big name trades were just ridiculous
1: yeah. we're just absolutely it's just like coming off this entire stretch since our good runs in 2016 trading donaldson for a bag of balls uh not leaving, signing edwin, not signing edwin. to whatever he wanted terrible like having a terrible relationship with edwin because of that you treated him like garbage you said if you don't take this deal we're not giving you another deal you could have signed this man for
0: we we offered him more money than he took and they just treated and him and like you garbage. didn't and
1: you didn't give him that offer again he would have taken that 100 percent Is that was going back to eddie and then Jose Bautista, bad terms with him. One of the Toronto legends. He's literally one of our best players yeah. during his prime. Uh, then coming into this, the getting, pretty much getting rid of the entire era. Troy Tulowitzki during the summer. Obviously, they had to do that because
0: that one I, I kind of liked.
1: Yeah, that one I didn't mind because it was Troy Tulowitzki, but then Kevin Pillar, uh, then going into. Strowman,
0: Sanchez, Sanchez and, oh and Biagini. Well, the, so uh, I saw a picture and it made me really sad. So it was after the, it was after the bat flip home run and all the guys kind of running onto the field and getting all crazy. And that's one of my favorite pictures of all time because of, you know, it's, it's right up there with the uh, pictures of the Kawhi shot. And it's right up mm-hmm. there with some of the, you know, the golden goal, all this kind of stuff in, in terms of sports photography. And, and that one is so good because everybody is pretty much doing the same thing. You could really tell how connected that team was and how great they were as friends and how good they were in the clubhouse. I don't care what anybody says. That they really cared about Wayne. They cared about each other. And you could really tell that in in their reactions and in this picture. And there's nobody left from that team in the picture. Not a single person. Not a single player, not a single coach that is in that picture is still left and it's just like how did we fall from the heavens so quickly that and it turned into this in and get we didn't get i mean we won't know until you know 4 or 5 years down the road if this was a good trade but even then 4 or 5 years down the road you know if we're not a a contender is the same thing going to happen to is the same thing gonna happen to Vlad Jr. Is the same thing gonna happen to Bichette or Biggio or mm-hmm. any of the next young guys that come up?
1: Because those guys were that young then. Yeah. Sanchez was that young. Yeah. And so, Strowman was and that's pretty thing. young.
0: I don't like. Why would I have any faith in this in this management and in these in this organization to make the tough decisions and and make the right decisions? Not even the tough decisions, because obviously they're, they've made tough decisions. Uh, yeah. Obviously they're totally fine. The right. Yeah. They're totally fine with making tough decisions. They just don't, they haven't, you know, they're not working. They just have not worked one time, and it's it's uh, it's frustrating to watch as a fan because you're just like, man, we had two good years, and you couldn't at least run it back? Like, mm-hmm. look what the, I'm going to use a basketball reference here. Look at what the Golden State Warriors are doing. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, these guys are getting older. Yeah, they're kind of injury-riddled. But why not run it back? At least show these guys a little bit of respect and and give yourself a team and a and a reason for fans to come out and a reason for you know players to want to come to the city instead of giving up on the team after giving up on players you know they gave up on on stroman because of his attitude or whatever it was they gave up on sanchez because he had a couple injuries mind you i would have gotten rid of sanchez two years ago why not wait for his value they gave up on Encarnacion. They give up on Josh Allinson because of a, a little injury. They give up on T- Tulowisky because of injury. They gave up on Jose Bautista because of his age. It's it's all the same thing. They're all getting into the same type of thing. They give up on these teams, and this is what happens. I would be shocked if they give up on Vlad Jr. I would be shocked that if this this franchise doesn't go in the right direction, that this management is still around. Come, um, mm-hmm. you know, when Vlad is is due for an extension or when Biggio or Bichette. Do for an extension, I would be shocked if they're still around if this team is not on the up and coming. But yeah, man, I, I was not happy with it. But that uh, that Fisher guy hit a home run today, and I'm sure management was was real happy about that one.
1: Oh yeah, probably. But one home run compared to a no hitter is uh is not necessarily equate Plus, on that same day when they did that, he dropped a fly ball. So, I, I, I saw fans g- coming out in force yeah. after that one. It was like on the MLB page, on their Instagram page. It was like uh, Houston Astros combined no-hitter, just the whole comment section. Damn, this is what you gave up for a guy who can't catch a fly ball? Like, <laughs> say it. Like, uh, It's just – it's insane – that these trades can keep happening. They traded three players for one outfielder who's played for three years in the MLB, hitting no more than two twenty.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I like.
1: Like, even, I think maybe I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be that mad if it was just Sanchez. Because Sanchez hasn't played well for the past year.
0: Yeah, past two years.
1: Yeah, and, like, I still wouldn't have liked it but to trade yeah. to trade a really good relief pitcher in Genie and another guy yeah. add it on to that yeah like what what what's your excuse dumb contracts that aren't even that big especially in Genie. it's yeah. you're already extremely under your like under budget because you've already gotten rid of literally everyone it doesn't make any sense why you would trade that much for such a not i don't want to say such a bad player but for literally nothing
0: and and i've said this a bunch of times but why not keep him, hold on to him and see if his value can increase because obviously his value couldn't get any lower than it is
1: yeah, you're what tra- are you gonna
0: get what are you gonna get a guy who hits <laughs> who hits 210 guy who hits 205 yeah. it's the same thing it's the same thing
1: they've been trading players at their worst for nothing. for nothing. You trade Josh Donaldson, who was an MVP. Two years
0: before. And then you trade him for what? A bag of balls. A bag of beans.
1: A, literally. A, a bag guy, of balls
0: and some food.
1: Like a a pitcher who what, had Tommy John, I think, is what they got. Where is this guy?
0: Respect. Respect.
1: Yeah, where and is this guy?
0: It's just hard to – it's really hard to you know be able to think about trusting a team, a group of management like this because –
1: they keep doing they the same keep doing thing. Doing the
0: same thing over and over and over and over again, without realizing the consequences. Without realizing that you know, twenty five thousand less fans are coming to the games. And if that's not enough to, to say anything, then yeah, I then don't that's know. That's crazy. Like, because what is
1: Roger saying? Aren't they? They must be saying something like, "Guys, we're losing so much money. Like, the the fans are just gonna keep not showing up." Vlad. Vlad Jr. Big, like Biggio and Bichette can only do so much. When they're hitting, sure they can hit three hundred. When you're losing by six runs, it doesn't matter it doesn't if you're hitting matter, three yeah. hundred. And
0: that's so that's the biggest problem with the the Jays for the rest of the season is going to be they're going to give up eight runs a game, and I they deserve it. They deserve to give up ten they, they to twelve to fifteen runs every single game because of the management decisions. Obviously. That's not the best thing for, you know, the morale and and you know the love of the game for some of these younger kids. But that's what they deserve. They gave up all their pitching for what outfield prospects? We have enough garbage outfielders, <laughs> who aren't never gonna play a game in the MLB. Why get another one? And I don't know, man. It, it's it's hard. We were up six two last night. It's baseball. If you get six runs, you should win the game. Yep. if you get six runs you should win the game unless the other team just goes on a on a crazy streak, which is not what happened. I think there was three different pitchers that gave up two runs in that game and that's you can't have that. You really can't have that. So last thing I want to talk about here, Cal is the the players' weekend nicknames came out. So among the best here, I'll, I'll name out a couple, and you'll tell me which ones you like out of my top five here. So Brock Stewart. I don't even know who that guy is. I, I don't know who that Brock is Stewart, somehow he's got the best nickname on the team with Beef Stew. <laughs> <laughs> like, that <laughs> one's classic, right? So he's Beef Stew, that one's really good. Thomas Pannone is Lil G. However that came up, I really want to hear the story. Yeah,
1: Lil G. You yeah. really want to hear okay. the story.
0: Vlad Juniors is LK. And so this one I didn't understand. I was like, what the hell does L K mean? Why is that his nickname? But then I kinda I looked it up and found out that it was his uh his nickname as a child, so he's kinda going back to his roots uh-huh. on this one. So I like that one. Derek Law is Law Dog, <laughs> which is pretty classic. And Law then dog. Law Dog. And then Trent Thornton is Butters. Butters and I've got that at number five. And he looks like a guy who eats a lot of butter <laughs> <laughs> so those are my those are my favorite uh so beef stew little g lk law dog and butters what do you think about those five
1: cal i i like him i mean at first at first listen you think lk like is it like just spanner like just strike out the, a lot. the strikeout guy yeah the strikeout god but uh yeah, I like it. Going back to your roots is cool. I, I really like Beef Stew, I think. I Even though I don't know who that is, it's a hilarious nickname. Yeah. Lil G. I mean, probably playing off of, uh, like, the whole Lil rapper fad that's going on right now. And...
0: Yeah, like, I, I would like to know how that came about. You know what I mean? Like, I would really enjoy to, to hear the story of why they call him Lil G or, like, what yeah. happened to make that. Them-
1: and then Shirt <laughs> thorns butters, it makes sense because he just looks like a guy. Yeah. Just, like, just butter, you know? Little, butter. Just a little, butter. A little butter guy.
0: Big butter guy. I <laughs> eats a lot of butter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably the rest of them are pretty. Usually there's a lot of nicknames that just no one really cares about during Players Weekend.
0: Yeah. Like Bo Bichette's is just Bo. That's ridiculous. Randall Gritchuk is Gritch.
1: Oh come on! You know, yeah,
0: Derek Fisher's is guess what, Fisher.
1: What's wait? What's Guriel
0: Junior's? Oh, this one's so annoying. Hashtag Pina Power Junior. You should never have a hashtag Hasht- in your nickname. Oh
1: my god! Bro,
0: it takes me longer to say hashtag than Guriel Junior. <laughs> Get the hell out of here with that nonsense.
1: Just be Pina Power. Pina Power. That's the it. Or Pina, or just be pineapple. Or
0: ugly haircut. Just. If it's gonna be that long, you might as well have your like, nickname be the ugliest haircut in the world. If you're
1: Bo Bichette, you're known for your flow. Just be like flow god. Or Flo Bichette, Bichette. Flo Bichette. Flo there you Bichette. Go. Already a better nickname.
0: Anything. Anything, man. Just like be Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Right? <laughs> right? Like his is just Bo.
1: Bo Jackson Jr.
0: And like Justin Smoke deserves a better nickname than Moki what yeah
1: smoke show smoke show this guy's a small smoke house like yeah. something like that
0: something better danny jansen jano pretty good like that's something i would call danny jansen yo what up jano
1: yeah jano that but makes
0: sense yeah like some of these some of these are just ridiculous some of them are good and i mean i've always said that and you know as as you know and as i know is I've, i love calling i love giving nicknames to people i love making names out of people's real names and kind of giving them something to laugh about and making the Make an air a little a little nicer. Yeah, like you know? like
1: our friend Spencer's nickname, Spindle.
0: Spindle, Spenny, Spen- like he's a Diddler a million. anything. He's a million. Anything. And anyone, you know, I think that it's a really important thing to have good nicknames in a clubhouse or, you know, in a mm-hmm. team environment because it shows that the the guys are close enough to have nicknames and, you know, to be able to have fun and, and joke around with each other and creative and get funny with things. So I think, you know, some of these show that, right, with some of the younger guys. They show that they, they do have that fun, obviously with beef stew. That's hilarious. But um, but yeah, I think they I think they could have done better on some of them, but you know, not everyone can get what they want. I guess yeah. not
1: everyone can get what they want. I don't think they really care that much <laughs> at that point. I don't think they
0: do. <laughs> All right, Cal, I think that will be it for today. We had a pretty good episode there. Um, as always, guys, like I said at the top, please go and find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you guys listen to your podcasts, and give us a rating, review, subscribe, all that kind of fun stuff. You can find us on take6.org and Instagram at take6podcast and Twitter at underscore 6 Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always. Have a wonderful